Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Matt, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. We're going to skip the formalities. How's it been, buddy? That's a formality, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I don't know. Um, you know, I can't complain. Been uh, keeping busy. And, uh, you know, it just feels like this this year's flying by. I know. I'm, Dude, don't even get me started about that. I had to research more into like Alzheimer's because I thought I was experiencing it. And it turns out now that I'm learning more about ADHD, it's called time blindness, which is apparently time blindness is probably for everybody. Everyone has a little bit of time blindness, whether you get stuck in whatever you're getting stuck into. But apparently ADHD are more susceptible to time blindness because of the fact that you're impulsive and kind of crazy thoughts and personality and it turns out everything i thought was my personality happens to be just similar experiences of people with adhd i was like oh that's it's like that one in a million saying where it's like you're one in a million you're like oh my god that's awesome but it's like hang on i didn't mean it in a positive way i meant you're one in a million dude there's a million of you out there you're like oh god i just based my whole life off this amazing you know like God gifted you with the ability to be whoever you wanted to be. And I was like, oh, it's all a lie. Sorry. Ah, forget that. You are one in a million, Robbie. No, it's okay. I'd rather be, at least there's a million of me out there. I think <laughs> that's, that's how we're going to start. A call. Thought. That's a scarier thought. A million of you out there. So how's it been, man? It's been a while. We haven't talked in probably for eight months, nine months, I think now. Um, it's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Not, not it's been that long. What was your last episode on? It was like 12 something, right? I honestly, I don't remember the number, but I feel like it couldn't have been that long ago. Um, Whenever the Mar-a-Lago incident was happening. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember it was when I around the time when I moved my office up here because it was the first time I think I recorded with you in the new office. But to, I don't know, maybe... Time flies. Maybe is this it, your office? This is my office. Yeah. It looks like shit. Sorry, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a home office, so it's also a guest bedroom. I always tell people, don't put me in those scenarios where I have to give someone a compliment, even though it's not necessarily up to whatever your compliment is. Like, you know, when you walk into someone's house, you're like, oh, my God, they spent money on this place. But you have to verbally say, wow, this is a great deal. You know, at least there's a floor. And then they're just like, <laughs> you're not going to compliment, like, look how awesome my apartment is. I'm like, dude, you got a toilet in the kitchen, man. <laughs> now, what are we talking about? <laughs> I, I don't even know. But no, you're you're right. There's definitely uh, that awkward feeling where you're like, boy, this is kind of crap. What do I say? Like, I want to be nice. What do I say? You know? It's called peer pressure. You just got to say what everyone wants you to say. Tell them the haircut looks good. Does it? No, it doesn't at all. It looks horrible. It's a, it's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> but come on, any life changes? I know you're not doing the food. I'm not going to call you suburban foodie anymore because you're not doing the page anymore. So no, no, I haven't done it in a while. Uh, you're not the only one that wants it to come back. So. Who knows? I, I I don't know. I have a another friend who wants me to do a podcast with do it. him. Yes. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. We'll There's see. definitely we, not enough of them out there. I can tell you that much. Oh yeah, I know. There's only you know tens of thousands. That's 
Dude, it was like a million before the pandemic, and then it was up to three million, and then it dropped back down to probably around seven hundred something thousand podcasts, eight hundred thousand podcasts. Really? Yeah. I didn't know it dropped off like that. Yeah, because I mean, you got to think with everything, everyone being home for so much time off work, then people just thought, hey, it was a good idea to start a podcast, and then rare, it started dropping off towards like the probably last year whenever it opened back up and it was like the first year back that's when you start the numbers start dwindling down more towards like christmas and people would take breaks and then they just never picked it back up which makes sense i mean it's not for everybody i don't even think it's for me but we're we're swimming we're trying we're doing our best i'm pretty sure it's for you i think we've established that by this point i think anybody with adhd should probably have a podcast because because the conversations I have with people are just intense where it's like, people are like, did you really say that? I was like, what? I didn't get it. They're like, you said, you talked about giving bath or not bath. I'm said bath salts. You talked about giving smelling salts to older people at your work just to get to see their reaction when they smelled them. And I was like, yeah, is that bad? And they're like, they're older people. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. They have heart conditions probably, but Hey, it's okay. Nobody really took it except one guy, my buddy's grandpa. He was like, oh, what the? And he looked like he wanted to punch me. I was like, oh, what? The- <laughs> oh, God. I, I think it's true, though. I saw you post something like last week or maybe it was a couple of days ago about conversation being something that, you know, folks who have ADHD, conversation just flows. Talk and it me. makes sense. It really does. I mean, because you you do it like nobody else. So. Do you have a disorder or do you have anything that's, I got to change that word. I really don't like that word. Yeah. Um, not that's diagnosed, I guess. I, I don't know. To be honest with that, I would say no, because I'm just not aware, but. I get into those little, like, um, they're called hyperfocus, which is when I get interested in a topic, I end up learning a lot about a topic because, but that's like hyperfocus is called an ADHD superpower, which I don't think it is. Um, mostly because you can't control it. It's like random things. Like for instance, if I'm at the gym working out and I get a random inspiration to paint, all I can focus on is finishing that painting and nothing else matters but that painting. It just randomly happens and that's how it works. But I get really good at whatever I do. If I keep working at it and trying to tune it, I can do that. The thing with ADHD is I didn't know this and it freaked me the hell out and it's still freaking me out. Um, so it's on, it's not on the autism spectrum, but there's similarities. And I'm like, damn it. It's like that one thing where you're like, oh God, you feel like you are, but nobody's telling you. And I was like, damn. So I went to like the, it's a recognized disability now. So you can get a disability check depending on what your ADHD is. And I was like, no way. So I like, was like looking at like what the benefits, like assisted living, assisted groceries, like uh, monthly payments, depending on your severity. And then it says, once a year, you get to go to Legoland, and that's when it really hit, where I was like, oh, dude, they're treating me just like one of those. I mean, not one of those, but they're treating me just like I had autism or something. And I was like, damn, I'm okay with it if I can go to Legoland. I've never been, and I've heard amazing stories. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that on air, but I don't care. It's I, it's real. You can look it up. Everyone can go to the disabilities thing, and they can see it for ADHD. It's once once a year, you get and free transportation, which is... If I ever need a bus trip to like Guadalajara, I'll just take me. Like, where the hell's that at? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Drive. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. You don't have a single thing about yourself that you would like to change or you probably researched more into. Everyone has something they want to change, but 
one thing you can research into that you know you have that has helped you grow learning from it? That's a good question. Damn. Pat on the back. Um, Well, I would say that I I don't know if I know the right term for it. I don't know if it's like mild agoraphobia or if it's more along the lines of anxiety. But, you know, for the longest time, I would, and this was even before COVID, if I didn't have somebody that I knew that I was going along with, I would avoid social situations. So if there was a party that somebody maybe I knew was throwing it, but it wasn't, say, at a location I had ever been to before and I was going to be going by myself, I would just not go. Or I would make some excuse, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. And I just wouldn't go because it was it was so awkward for me thinking of, all right, how am I going to do this? You know, where am I going to go? Do I go to the, the right door? Do I know where I'm going? When I get inside, what do I say? Oh, shit, that's anxiety, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And I think the reason why I said maybe it's partially agoraphobia is more often than not, it's just easier to stay home. <laughs> so, but then again, I'm not, afraid of leaving the house entirely i mean i've taken long road trips and stuff like that but i've i've worked on it a lot to the point where um i was taking my first business trip last year and all i could think about was what am i going to do how am i going to have to wear a suit how am i going to pack a suit so it doesn't get ruined and wrinkled how am i going to pack dress shirts so they don't get wrinkled what if the hotel doesn't have an iron so that I can, you know, fix the dress shirt once I get there. Like I'm, I'm thinking of all these things and I've worked through it to the point where I've now realized that I'm, I'm worrying about things that, that aren't consequential. Like I, I took the trip, right. You know, spoiler alert trips over. There was no problem. They had an iron, you know, all these things I was worried about were so irrelevant. Why'd you spoil that for me? I wanted to get to the end and figure out that the trip is over. <laughs> well, there's been multiple trips. I mean, I, I mean, whatever you want to know, I can tell you, I guess. But wait, so in in this, do you create a scenario in your head and kind of plan it all out? Like, what happens if this? And think, do you try and like organize the whole thing, like pre do the trip in your head? Like 100%. not talking about like worrying about it, but then you have like a daydream about it where you're daydreaming about how this is going to go, what you're going to do, what the day is going to be like. Because that, that's mind wandering. and But it's similar to another task that is not recognized on the DSM criteria. And it's been one I've been doing a lot of podcasts about trying to learn more about it because I do it. The reason why I can do six hours of cardio on the elliptical and people ask, how, how do I get through something like that? I daydream. And that's not normal. For a lot of people, because the type of daydreaming I'm experiencing is called maladaptive daydreaming, which is where you create a scenario in your head with people, scripts, lines, basically any way you want to do it. Now, this is not like it sounds crazy explaining it like that, but it's actually pretty common. Because if you have OCD, if you have something where most people create this alternate reality in their head and then they'll miss going out with friends because their reality is so much fun and it's easier to do because it's right in their head. They don't have to go anywhere. They can just sit at home and everything goes exactly as they want planned. Most people think of having superpowers. Most people think of social situations if you have social anxiety. So it's well, now that I explain it like that, it's more common. So I'm curious if yours is more Yours just sounds like a not necessarily it's it's I wouldn't call it a rational fear because rational to you, but it would be more like 
uh, I don't know, it's a more anxiety than anything. Like there's things that you're worried about where necessarily they could be an easy fix, but there is, you're probably more worried about looking professional at your job, which is a lot of people can relate to. And then you're also worried about certain situations of how the trip's going to go. If there's things, pr proper precautions, it's not being a worry ward or anything. It's just, you know, you, you would like to make sure that you're prepared, which I'm a hundred percent for, because that's why they have disaster prepare kits. Sure. No, I'm all about preparedness. I would say 10 that... pounds of macaroni in a bucket is one thing that we all need during a flood. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that it's definitely, I would not categorize it as daydreaming. To me, daydreaming is this like positive, you know, you're, you're thinking of how great something can be. It was not daydreaming at all. It was more I guess, along the lines of the anxiety, because, you know, all the way down to, you know, I'm taking this trip and normally, you know, I have a friend of mine who will go down to the airport with me because I don't want to hassle with parking the car and I don't want to hassle with, you know, calling an Uber. He'll go down with me. I'll drive down and he'll drive my car back and, and park it okay. and then come back down with my car. When How I'm long is the drive? Uh, 45 minutes. Damn, that's a good friend. <laughs> He's got a, well, I've, look, done the same, I've, I've done the same for him too, but okay. To, to me, like there was a time where, oh, he changed jobs. He couldn't do that. So now I've got an Uber. I've got to leave the house at, you know, 4.30. I schedule the Uber. What if the Uber doesn't show up? What do I do? Then I've got to drive. How do I figure out where am I supposed to park that my car doesn't get towed? What, what do I do? Like these are all, I'm, I'm, I think I think some of it is catastrophizing. Like I'm just thinking of worst case scenarios all the way down the line. You know, what if I miss my flight? What if this? What if that? And and ultimately none of those things happened, but that was where my my train of thought went. Now, I've done a lot of work over the last, I would say, eight to twelve months on that. Um, and and some of it's been frankly, professional help. And some of it's been people around me. Um, you know, the, the nature of my business is one where you partner up with somebody. It's two people working toward a common goal, one who's kind of there in person. And then me, I'm kind of remote and I'm calling everyone. I'm Zooming with people every day, just like you and I are Zooming right now. I mean, I have a closet full of of button down shirts and jackets right over here to throw on so I can do a zoom. Your big brother. Mine. That's what it is. Your big brother. <laughs> You're the eye in the sky manipulating everything that the guy on the ground does. <laughs> this door yeah, will mean, open in 30 seconds. It didn't open. Shit. My computer's running slow. Give it about another 30 seconds. <laughs> but, but I think the point is like, you know, not only are we business partners, but I've built a great friendship with him and I went and traveled you know, through our territory, because I'm in sales and through our territory with them to meet with our clients. And we're driving down the highway and I'm sitting there and I look over at the dash and I see the fuel gauge and we're like right on E. I don't do that. It, I know my car, bro. It, it, with my car, it gets to half a tank. I'm like, time to fill it up. Let's go. And he had it literally on E. And I'm like, uh, we're going to run out of gas. He's like, we'll be fine. He starts laughing. He thinks it's like the most funny, you know, most hilarious thing ever. And I'm like, not panicking, but I'm kind of like, we're going to run out of gas. What do we do if we run out of gas? We're going to run out of gas. And I was kind of starting to not spiral, but kind of go down that path. 
Um, but traveling to see these clients has really, I think, helped me realize that you figure out a way and you just you make it happen. Um, well, what's the first worst? What's the worst possible scenario if you run out of gas? See, and that's the thing. That's what's helped me get better with it is thinking of what's the worst that could actually happen, right? Do you... My brake light's been on for four months now, and I'm like, what's the worst possible thing that's going to happen if my brakes don't work? Well, that one I would get fixed because, I mean, that... You Praise could... God, baby. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My brake light is on. I don't know why. Every time I take a hard left or a hard right, the brake thing pops on. It's the emergency brake thing, I think. It's just, it's the brake light. But I'm like, it's not my emergency brake. So what is this? My regular brakes? And then I go to the mechanic. He's like, everything's fine. I was like, I don't think so, man. The dash is lighting up. He's like, your car is 30 years old. You're, but you should just be happy that the shit like drives. And I'm like, oh, that's true. So whenever I start my car up and I'm hanging out with friends, I'm like DDing or something like that. And they'll be like, I have to like, I have to start my car up if we're leaving in like 10 minutes. Like, start your car up for 10 minutes? I was like, my car is older than all of us. So give her some time. And I'm like, okay. And then I start it up in here. And then it starts going, all right, we're good. And then we can drive off. But I can't play the music and I can't have the headlights on at the same time or we're fucking cars turning off. At, at all or in the beginning? When I turn on my headlights, like if I want to have my high beams on and I have my music on, the headlights will just dim and slowly start to like not be on. So I have to keep the radio off. And then if I try and roll down my windows, I can only do two at a time. If I try to do like all four, which I don't know why you would ever go for all four, but some people like to overachieve. And I'm one of those overachievers, even though it's not working well. Um so I hit all four and the car will just start going like it'll start trying to like turn off on me. I'm like, what's happening? And it's just because it can't run all that. That was before we have like the iPad in the car, the auto drive, the auto, whatever tells you the weather. And at the same time is ordering your Chick-fil-A for you while you're driving and you're just. <laughs> this is much. Yeah, no, I definitely you got to be careful then. Um, I would say that if there is an issue with the brakes, that's something that could be bad. If it's just, hey, we're going to run out of gas, then, you know, when you think rationally about it, well, no matter whether it's my car or not, I'm a AAA member, so I could probably call AAA and figure something out that way. They could come out, get us gas or, you know, whatever the case may be, or my business partner's wife could have come to you know take care of us get us you know so you would be the yin to my yang you would be the yin to my yang because i always i go with the flow so Mm. like which is like weird because like adhd is like very impulsive stuff so like for me going with the flow i'm just used to shit not going the way that i'm probably going to end up planning it so i just kind of let the day take me like if i'm driving somewhere and someone happens to cut me off and traffic or something like that i'm like okay whatever and then you know they get out of the car and they go over to like slash my tires and i'm just like all right whatever man and then i just kind of just roll with it you know just kind of i'm just kidding that would never happen but whenever something like happens i kind of just like don't like worry about it too much and then just kind of move through it that that's honestly so my business partner tommy same way he laughs at how i get bent out of shape and concerned about things and he's just like it'll be fine It'll be fine. So if it's really been eight months since we talked, did I tell you my travel story from January? Oh, I think you're going to like this. Did you go to the Capitol? 
No, 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 no. I did not go to a capital. Okay. I have not been to Washington, D.C. since. The capital of Ohio. What are you people thinking about? <laughs> seventh grade, we went to the Statue of Liberty uh, school trip. No, but so I cover North Texas for my job. I know that sounds silly because I don't live anywhere near there, but he lives there and I live here, whatever. So we had a couple conferences, a couple big meetings to attend, and I go and fly down to meet up with him. So first we had a, a big meeting in Arkansas. So we do this meeting and it's at like 8 a.m. And we had to leave the meeting right at nine. We had a car that we had scheduled to come pick us up so we could go to the airport. Now, the flight left at 10.15. It wasn't going to land. Hold on. Do that again. What? You see your screen? Oh, yeah. Whenever you do an actual thumbs up, the thing actually... Oh, I don't know why I did it on that one. What was there that? There it is. There oh, it is. <laughs> how do you do that? I don't know. Damn. Yours doesn't do that? No. I mean, I'm on an iPad. Maybe that's why. I have to stick up my middle finger. Does it give me the middle finger emoji? They have that on the text now. It's the best thing. I'll always just send that to people. Oh my God. Whenever someone yeah. says your auto insurance is about to expire, just send them the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's these auto texts. I hate it. I'm tired of it. <laughs> God. So we're on this tight time frame, right? I'm like, all right, 10, 15, we're supposed to board. I said, first of all, how are we going to get to the airport and get through security in time? He's like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. I'm like, no, that's not a good answer. Don't worry, we'll figure it out. I don't like that answer. I, I need to know. I'm with it. So what's that? I'm with it. Yeah, I know you're with it. You, you have some similarities in that way with him. I like to pre-take off my shoes before I go up into TSA. They're like, where are your shoes at? I'm like, I don't wear shoes. They're like, oh, you dis you know how dirty these floors are? I'm like, yeah, maybe you guys should do a better job at complimenting your janitor. What? Complimenting the janitor for what? He's not doing a good job. He's probably not doing a job because nobody was thanking him. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. And they're like, step off to this sideline for me. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and you get the cavity search. Oh, God. <laughs> so we're supposed to land in Dallas-Fort Worth at 1140. Our meeting that we had in Texas was at noon. But the meeting was 30 minutes from the airport. So if you're doing quick maths here, we're going to be 10 minutes late at best, maybe more. So I tell him, I'm like, Tommy, there's no way this is going to work. How is this going to work? He's like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. So we get there to the airport. We just make it through security as they're like ready to finish boarding our plane, right? So we're going to get on the plane. I'm like, Tommy, how are we going to do this? He looks at me and he goes, when you get to your seat and you buckle up, say a prayer that we land early. Okay, fine. Get in, buckle up, say a prayer. All right, you know, we need to land early. We need to land early. Sure enough, we land like 12 minutes early. So we're like, all right, this is awesome. I didn't take you for the religious type. But now that I think about it, you did go to Temple University. Oh, yeah, I, I went to Temple. That's a callback. That is a callback to like the first or maybe second, second no, or third time I was on. Long time, time ago. You're on. Um, anyway, so we land early. So we're like, all right, this is awesome. 
We run to go get his car. You know, we pay the guy and we're on our way. Well, at that airport, so we were at the, he had valeted his car. So we're at the airport and when you leave, it's like a big toll booth, right? So we stop at the toll booth and he hands the ticket to the guy and the guy goes, that'll be $65. Tommy's like, no, it's not. I just paid the valet. He goes, well, the valet didn't stamp it. So I, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, hold on, I'll call the valet. So we're waiting, waiting, waiting. Now we're losing this time we gained, right? We're running late. So he's like, listen, sir, I'll just pay it. We're running late for a meeting. We've got to go. So he's like, well, just give me $2. How random is that? Just oh, I would have punched him right in the throat. I would have been like, you know, hell no. Hell no. That's a scam. Give me two bucks. I'll let you go. And Tommy's like, all right, here. And he gives him $2. So now we're on our way. We're on the 121 highway in Texas. We're moving. We're like, all right, this is great. It's like a four or five lane highway. All of a sudden, the car in front of us, and we're maybe two or three lanes in from the right. <laughs> what? I, just, I, uh, I really thought of when I was in, I think it was for a concert. I was in Philadelphia, and um, I was to some person randomly with a Windex starts spraying the... <laughs> The windshield of my car and i'm they like dude that. i'm like stop he's like i'm getting your windshield sir it's gonna be two dollars i'm like well at least get the bird shit on my hood <laughs> he just did ignored it and just i give him two bucks and walked away that shit oh was funny God. i'm sorry yeah no they, they do that so the car swerves out of the lane and goes towards the right well before we could react do anything we hit it it was a piece of metal in the road about three or four feet long immediately blow out both passenger side tires we're riding on rims at this point every bell and whistle on the dash is going nuts we just make it off to the shoulder we pull over and we literally look at each other what the hell do we do now and we're like all right we're already late for this meeting what do we do so we look at each other for a second and he looks at me and he goes this is totally something i could see you saying he's like you think an Uber would pick us up on the highway? I'm like, sounds kind of dangerous, but we can try. <laughs> so this car is like circling, trying to find us, right? You know how you can call them. So he calls me. He's like, uh, hello, sir. Um, we're, we're literally up on the 121 by blah, blah, blah exit. Like we're, we're on the shoulder, right? So the guy finally finds us, gets up on the highway, comes pulling up behind us. We jump out. We grab all of our stuff for the meeting out of the car. We abandon the car. We hop in the Uber. So now we're still like 30 minutes away. It's already noon. We're supposed to be there at noon. So we're talking to this Uber driver and Tommy says, uh, sir, I have to go right back to the car. After we get there, I'm doing a, a quick presentation and I'm, I'll come right back. Can you wait? He hands the guy a hundred dollar bill to wait. The guy's like, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. So finally we get there. He tells the whole story of what happened to explain why we're late. Right. And he goes, all right, you handle the rest. He's like, I got to go back and take care of the car. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he leaves. The Uber actually stayed, didn't abandon him. He gets back in the Uber, goes back to the car. And I got to figure out, you know, I'm at this big conference. Where's our stuff? Where's our table? Where do we go? So the purpose of the story is like, number one, don't give up, right? There's always a way. And that's kind of helped me when I'm in the beginning in that like anxious phase, like, okay, well, this isn't going to work because of these five things. Well, we still made that work that day, even with the tight time frame, even with the fact 
that we almost died on the highway. We blew out two tires and hit some meta, uh, big metal, you know, car part or something, right? So that helped me with the whole, you know, don't give up aspect of things. And it helped me think more rationally about this kind of stuff. You wouldn't want to know what I would have done in that situation. What would you have done? As soon as the tires popped on the passenger side, all I heard was, I could walk 500 miles. I would have started <laughs> trotting my ass down there, dude. I would have been there in a minute. Now, I probably would have took me a little while. I probably would have ran out of breath as I got down to the underpass part. I'm like, fuck. It was 30 minutes by car, and we had literally like two boxes of stuff. You got to run that we fast. had to take with us. You talking about Forrest Gump ran for 50 fucking years. He ran for a long time. Yeah. He ran for like three years. I don't think that's possible. I'm not Forrest Gump and I don't run in a suit either. So <laughs> that uh, was not happening. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that's like at that point, most people probably wouldn't even made it to the conference. They just would have been like, all this happened. I would have probably gave up after like the second incident. So that was the whole thing. We were looking at each other and we're like, well, they'll, they'll understand, right? If we don't make it, they'll totally understand why we didn't make it. Right. And it was kind of like a, no F that type of moment where we're like, we're going to try to get out of this. Like, let's figure this out. And the funniest part. So Tommy has been in our business now for like 22 years and he's been, you know, the guy out there going and meeting face to face with people pretty much all of that time, the majority of that time. And he literally looks at me at the end of that day, we get the car back from the shop and he looks at me and he goes, you know, in my 22 years of doing this, I've only had car trouble like this twice. Both times he said, here. You, well, no. And I said, and I was here for half of the times that you had car trouble. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, you're bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, dude, but you know, we, we did find a way around it. And kind of the other thing, as far as the moral of the story so the conference that we were late for, it was a group of clients that we had been trying to you know, get in with for quite a while. And now we've been getting some pretty steady business from them. And we've been doing a lot of meetings with them. So that was the first step in building credibility with that group. And if we hadn't gone, you know, we probably wouldn't be getting the business from them. We are. So, damn, you to make that story a little bit better before you lead into the clients. And everything like that. Say like we were going to meet with a bunch of clients who have a who represent an organization for people with abandonment issues. And you're like, damn. So you made it there. You were like, I'm not gonna let the life has beat them to hell. And you could have just went. I'm sorry. I had this little little aside for me. Oh my gosh, too funny, too funny. But yeah. So you know that's that's kind of a a little different look, I guess, inside my mind. Um, you know, because because the thing that I've done for years, I was saying catastrophizing. So when I had a roommate for about four years, I had a roommate uh, before I lived where I live now. And we obviously knew each other's schedules, whether it was work or other stuff we had going on. So if I knew, well, there isn't normally something on Tuesday nights that he's doing if it's, you know, 1130, where is he? He's not back yet. I'm thinking he's, you know, off in a ditch somewhere. Like, that's where my mind would go. Damn, would be dude. like, oh, he went somewhere. He's having fun or he's what it was 
is he dead? Is he alive? Like that's where my brain would go. As sick as that sounds, that's what would happen. You're a very caring person. That's what I saw out of that. But at the same time, he, you're not dating him, so. No, absolutely not. But I think it's it's just my nature, I guess, to. You know how I know that you're like this? I bet you when you went to the beach when you were a kid, you had the peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a little Ziploc bag and everything was fine. Like when it came to prep and meal and you never got any sand in your sandwich. You know, to take that a step further. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm typically not even fond of eating on the beach. Oh, shit. Okay. That's how much like the, I like going to the beach, but there's a bit of an issue for me with, um, like, if I'm going to eat on the beach, it's before I'm doing anything. Like, we're set up. Okay. Lunchtime. I'm not, you know with my cousin digging in the sand and then having lunch. No, 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 not happening. Yeah. It's completely opposite for my personality, but I think that's what makes the, the friendship work. Um, I most think so. Of, I, 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 I don't mind any of the prepared stuff. It would just, it wouldn't be for me. Like if you were going to be like, wait, before we do that, maybe we should do this. I'm like, that's a good idea. And then I would already be trotting off and do, but I would let you do your thing. Like I let people do their thing. Like I like everybody's individual personalities and their perspectives and thoughts on stuff. I'm not going to change you because I don't want anybody changing me. It just does not make sense. I think it, it's a fine line. It's not about changing somebody else or somebody else changing you. I think being able to see different perspectives, like I'm now at a point where, you know, if I'm going somewhere different, it doesn't bother me quite as much. Like I had to go to North Jersey to our home office a couple months ago for a meeting. And I had never been there before. And one of my friends who, you know, bless her heart, love her to death. She's worse than me with it, with this kind of stuff. Like she worries and worries and worries about everything about the trip. And I'm like, you can't control these things. Like I'm now telling her, you know, who am I to say, but right. I'm telling her, you can't control these things. And half of the things that you're worried about are probably never going to happen. Like what, why are you thinking about them? And now I can kind of see it from the outside too, but to the point where when that trip came up, I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll figure it out. No big deal. I got GPS. So I think it's, it's not about, people trying to change other people, but I think it's about learning and growing. And that's got to come from within, right? Like I wanted to learn and grow and be a little bit more carefree. And even as a child, I was never carefree. Like one of the ways that my mom would describe me when I was a child, I was wound a little too tight. Like we would go to the park with uh, one of her friends had a kid my age. So the four of us would go to the park when I was little and the parking lot, had like 30 spaces to park and nobody else was there. We pull up, we were with, we were in my mom's friend's car and she just kind of pulled in and just parked and we got out and I went, you're not between the lines. I'm like six years old. I'm like, you're not between the lines. Like you, you can't do that. And she's like, it's okay. Nobody else is here. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not between the lines. And she ended up moving the car. So like to think about, how far I've able, been able to come and think about growth. I think that's a big piece of it because I'll tell you right now, it's great 
to fly by the seat of your pants in a lot of ways, but I'll tell you a way that it's not. So that same trip, before we even left to go to Texas, we're in Little Rock. And we get there, we get into the airport, and we call an Uber to go to the hotel. Great, no problem. Well, the meetings that we had over two days were a block down the street. They weren't in the same hotel. Normally, you pick a hotel and everything's kind of there. It wasn't like that. So we're trying to call an Uber. They don't pick up in that area. Little, little tip, if you ever go to Arkansas, don't expect to Uber. Get a rental car. It's just not going to work. So we can't even schedule an Uber like 12 hours ahead for somebody to come up and take us where we need to go. So that was a little lesson for Tommy to be like, okay, next time we come here, I'll get a rental car. I need to at least plan that because Uber just doesn't work. So I, I think there's give and take is yeah. what I'm saying. And you have to be willing to look at it as personal growth, not, oh, somebody's trying to change me. If it's just somebody trying to change you, absolutely. F that. That's that's not right. But I think some of it can be growth. That's good. Glad to hear that you're growing a little bit. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm I trying. A I had a revelation too. It was actually what I wanted to tell you about. I had that dream. Um, oh, yeah, I know you're interested in it, but I knew we were going to talk. This is what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, really, really important. Um, so I had two. I can, I could share both with you if you want to hear them both, or I could tell you the one that would probably be the most intense and probably not get me flagged off YouTube for explaining it. Okay. So you do what you think is best. I, I will listen. Start with the, to start with the scary one. All right. Okay. So before the Chinese spy balloon was in the air, um, I had Bobby on my show to talk about it, obviously. Um, I don't know if you catch that episode about it. But about a, a few weeks, three weeks before that balloon was even recognized and everything, and it was on the news and everything, I had suddenly gotten interest. And you could say it could be intuition, sure. And ADHD people are intuitive. Um, take that for what you will. Um, I'm just saying, look, I talk about the JFK stuff, and everybody's talking about the JFK stuff. I talk about the alien shit. Everyone's talking about alien shit. So I'm just saying, okay, maybe You're ahead like, of the curve. Don't You're toss me out of the water just yet. Um, but so I'm I'm having this interest in talking about the CCP. So I reach out to Josh Rogan again, who wrote a book about it. it. Was on Joe Rogan talking about it. It was a very very good episode. It lasts like three hours long. As that's where my interest sparked up about the CCP. So I'm like, I, you know, I'm interested in talking about it, learning more about it. And then I had this really really intense dream. So. This dream, from what I remember, because it's been a couple of months now, I have only remember like the very most important parts to it. So I guess, you know, I the channel started picking up or whatever, and it was like kind of it was me. I'm in my dream. It's just me. Uh, you know, there's other people, but I'm saying it's my actual life in the dream. This channel started picking up, popularity started going, more eyes were hitting onto the the channel and everything. And I wanted to focus into the CCP subject. So I started doing episodes with some big names about the ccp and i was saying like my comedy style but i was being serious and very critical on the ccp saying they're horrible and all this type of stuff much like i'm doing now fuck so in in the dream i go to like what, what it's it's kind of like a hotel but it's like a university condo hotel so basically there's a school university which i'm not a part of but it's easy living and apparently i can live there and i had a roommate so, so it's like a dorm yeah, exactly but it's in like okay. a hotel building Okay. So, and it was like in my town, which is, doesn't match because there's nothing but beach resorts and hotel stuff in my town. Yeah. Been here. 
Um, yeah. But so there's like this this thing, and it was it's just like this place I used to go to when I was in middle school. My buddy's house was on like 71st Street, which was like a bunch of condos, and it was in the exact same style of that. Like so, my memory was just linking in with the dream, which I knew I could tell. So I open up the door and go into this room, and um, I was asking him. I was like, "Hey, I'm getting all these like weird spam things, and like they like seem like warnings." I was like, "Can you check this out?" And my roommate happened to be studying. Chinese foreign policy because he's going to go over there and do all this type of stuff. So he starts looking at the thing. He goes, oh, dude. He's like, what did you say? And I was like, I don't know what I said. I don't really know in the moment. And then he's just like, I think the Chinese government's after you. And I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, the Chinese government, I think, is after you. And I'm like, how do you how do you tell how do you know that? Like, and at this time, there's a storm going on, like a really bad, severe storm, like like 60 mile an hour winds, like shit's like about tornado kind of type deal outside. But you can't hear any of it because you're in the dream and you're in this like hotel room style thing. It looked like a, inside of a Holiday Inn. Um, so it's really important. Those details are important. So you start hearing like banging and knocking on the doors and everything like that down the hall, and he goes, "What the hell is that?" And I pop my head out, and it's like these like low level Chinese gangsters. Like, and I'm not talking about like triad style thing. They're just, they're not even wearing suits, man. They're wearing like a tank top and they're wearing like a movie style shit. And it's just two of them. And I go, what the hell is that? He goes, dude, I think that's the like low level, like CCP guys. And I'm, he, I'm like, what do I do? He's like, hide. And I'm like, oh, so I like ran to the corner of the room and ducked down behind a table. Cause there's nowhere to go in that room. I can't just run down the hall. They'll see me and then I'm running. And um, he's like, all right. And he just starts like typing in on his computer, doing like acting like nothing's going on. And all you hear is bang, 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 bang. And then the door just kicks open. And this one dude walks in with like a tire iron and another dude walks in with like a little chain thing. And um, he goes over to the guy. He goes, well, I'm looking for this person. And the guy goes, I'm sorry, man. He hasn't been here. Um, don't know where he's at. You know, this is his room. I was like, I don't know when he'll be back. Sorry, man. And um, they take the tire iron and hit him upside the head with it. He goes like, if he's sitting at like a dining table, he goes and just falls off to the side. I think they killed him. So I'm like, all right, well, this is what I got to do. And I just grab the metal lamp that's on the table. And while one's like walking in between, like there's double beds. It's literally like a hotel room. There's like double beds. He goes to walk in between where like the guy kind of fell. And I just go and hit the one with the tire iron who's closest to the door, closest to me in the back of the head with the metal lamp. He goes out that and the one dude kind of like goes to cut out of the bed. So right now there's the sliding door, the glass door, and then we're on a balcony. So he's like now that's this nine stories up or something like that. And it's like Ocean City View. So I'm thinking I'm pulling this information out of the Dunes Manor that I used to work at the hotel. All the years I worked at the hotel. I'm like, this is kind of similar to the room style and everything. But the hallway was like that 71st Street condo. I know I'm sorry I'm getting complicated, but it's really important that you get this. So he's now like walking like in front of the like sliding glass door and he's like back to the sliding glass door. So I just, and I, I don't think the sliding glass door was closed. I think it was open because I don't remember glass, but I just like ran up to him and kicked him just like just a full Spartan kick. He flips over the balcony and falls nine stories. And I'm just like, okay, so now two people are dead and my friend might be. And I, he, my friend gets up, he's got a giant like gash over the side of his nose and he just looks at me. And I'm pretty sure because I was listening to the podcast with the guy who's in Space Force, the guy who plays the NASA director. You know who I'm talking about? You seen Space Force? 
Oh, oh, the show Spaceport. Yeah, I have. The the Chinese guy that dates the one girl. Oh, yeah, okay. That's who my roommate looks like. Or is. I'm pretty sure it's 100% him. Because I was listening to a podcast with him before I went to bed. So when I woke up, he was still playing. I only sleep like 40 minutes. So you got to understand, all this is in 40 minutes. Um, so uh, How do you even get into the right sleep cycle? I don't. That's that, that part of uh, REM. I, I have an, uh, apparently from sleep scientists, I have an unnatural uh, REM cycle. Like I can hit a deep sleep in a matter of like, it's why it feels like eight years when I'm in there. So he gets up, he has a gash on his face. I think his name's Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. I was going to say Jimmy. His name's something. I don't want. I want to get his name correct because I don't want to come off like I'm being rude. But it's who it was. Um, but uh, he gets up as gas on his face. I was like, "What the hell was that?" He goes, "Those are the CCP, like low level CCP guys. They came after you." And in my head, I just go, "They couldn't even send real fucking people to come after me. They sent me some fucking low people, like some low guys on the totem pole. Like I'm not a big enough fish to fry, really." Wow. And I was like offended. <laughs> and he kind of, he kind of. Are you looking up his name? Jimmy Yang. Yeah, yeah that's, his, that's who it is. Yeah, Jimmy Yang. So if yeah. he hears this, I got to talk to him about it because it's really important for me to get closure <laughs> on this. And um, so I go, he didn't even send, they sent low-level guys. And he kind of just looks at me and he goes, they sent low-level guys and you took care of them. Now they're going to keep sending guys until you are taken care of. And I go, and like I had this panic and I just go, I'm going to have to run for the rest of my fucking life. And then I just, next thing I know, I'm in a golf cart driving down the stand, just like driving away. And then they just keep, and it's like a fast forward, like a time lapse of all these people they're sending after me and all these alternate scenarios where I'm like taking them out and keep having to run for the rest of my life. I move to another country. They find me there. I move to another country. They find me there. And then I wake up and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I'm not talking about the CCP anymore. I'll talk about Disney going back to Disney. Shit. Well, I don't know if you want to do that either. I'm um... not afraid of, a, of <laughs> Disney. So my first comment, when you were talking about what was happening in the room. Diagnose that dream, Matt. I don't know what that means. Well, first, all I could think of, even though you said they weren't in suits, all I could think of is Austin Powers. The guy comes in, he's in a suit, the bowler hat. He takes off his shoe and throws it. And Austin Powers goes, who throws a shoe? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think about for a second there. Um, no, I think I think it may or may not actually be direct correlation to talking about the CCP. I think it might be more symbolic as a whole of the fact that you've tackled various topics that could probably get you in hot water over the years. I mean, there are probably a What's good handful point? of talking about a subject to learn about it if it's like you can't talk about certain things i always hate it when someone goes it's controversial i'm like what the f i have adhd and that's one thing that adhd people do not get and that's apparently it's social uh social stuff we're really good talkers and we're really good at like socializing and we're very aware of a lot of things so there's so much about adhd research where i'm like this is so like this is one thing and this is the other which counteracts that which is just like which is it? You could only have one or out the other. You can't be a good talker, but then be shy all the time. Like there's got to be like this like weird balance with it. And I start, like I said, learning more about ADHD, which I'm really focused into because I'm relating to a lot of it. And I can share a lot of my own experiences and raising awareness for one thing because now they recognize it as like, oh, shit, we've completely shamed generations of having this. 
And now we have to kind of apologize, but not in a way where we're too open about it to where someone sues us, but enough to where it's just right. Um, so it's like looking at through all this type of stuff, I'm just like, yeah, I don't get the whole like when someone says it's controversial, I'm like, why? And like, you just can't talk about things. Like that. I'm like, well, what's the fucking point of ever learning about it if you can't talk about it? Which to me is like, that's not how normal people think. Normal people think differently. They kind of go, yeah, we just stay away from that. Stay away from, stay away from the JFK stuff. Stay away from this. I'm like, what's the, like uh, the number of guests I reach out to that I won't talk on a, on a subject because it's this, because I had this guest on. And I'm like, that's not you though. It's not, don't matter about that guest. It matters about what you and me are going to talk about, which is like another infuriating, sorry, I ranted. No, no, I, I get it. I mean, I think that, the I mean, I'm not super into the JFK stuff either way you've gotten into it, but it's definitely a, a community that seems to be very divided. There's lots of people who don't get along within, you know, that whole community of, of research. Um, but, you know, I think also to a degree, there are people who, whether it's that topic or anything else, they're going to, like, I know when you reach out to people, they'll, they'll say, Oh, can I, you know, see a sample of, of the show and you kind of send them a link to an episode or something. They want to know kind of what they're in for. And, you know, if something that's happening or somebody that's been on your show isn't something that they want to be associated with, you know, especially if they're a public figure, they're going to be thinking about that and want to know. Or a Republican or Democrat or this, I would guarantee to you through the JFK stuff, I probably would swing more left than I did originally. But I still am a deep state believer, which keeps me out of that two-party system line. But one thing that also comes with ADHD is the fact that you have a sense of right and wrong. And that's kind of where I teeter back and forth on these scales, where some people would be less likely to look for corruption in their own party and more happy to point it out in another. I'm just kind of looking at it like, I'll agree with you at times, but at the same time, I'm also going to talk shit. Like, I think national security is, an, is another example. I just want them to define their terms on things and i've done plenty of episodes about it which i understand secrecy is needed a hundred percent but i just wish they would define what they're talking about calling it secret like i mean there's i had a very popular republican person on and she was all like guns and all this type of stuff and i was like you know i don't really care for guns that much and whether you want to own a gun but i also defend your right to own one and be able to have one without it being taken away from you and that would not side with left at all but I'm also saying I'm not a Republican in that aspect. I'm just saying that if you take one amendment, they all fall. They're all susceptible to that. There's no I've just noticed that nobody stops at just one. And I'm at fault for doing that, too. And nobody else can see that, if, especially if it's from the other side's perspective. Or I'm like, it'll happen to anybody. It's not like it's a specific party thing. It's for everything, you know. And yeah. Yeah. You, you give an inch, they take a mile. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of things where it starts off, well, we just want this. And then it's another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing. And, you know, I, I there's something that comes to mind when I say that and I won't I won't go there because I know it'll get you in trouble. But like it, it's. It's never just, oh, this one thing, it always ends up being more is kind of the moral of the story there. Plus, I don't like the pay to play shit when people are always like, you got to play the system to be able to get ahead. I'm like, well, wh why? What's the system? 
They're like, well, people, you got to reach out to higher guests to get more people to watch your stuff. People only want to know people that they know. I'm like, yeah, but you should be interested and give everybody the opportunity. You never know when it's going to be a banger. I've had some episodes that suck, but it's mostly when people like start talking down to me. Like the last one, I had an ADHD psychologist on, psychiatrist, good guy, sure. Um, but the the hyper focus thing, like I said, you'll notice it. I'll snap, like there'll be a quick like the light switch kind of flicks on, and then my face kind of drops, and that's when I start asking some like really serious things where it's like everything I joke around about just kind of it's a switch flip, and I I, I that only starts when someone starts talking down. Once you start doing that, like him telling me, like, I get there's a controversial thing about the medication, but that's also not every single person's choice. You know, I'm trying to think of, you're thinking of what works. This is the science that works. Take the medication. I'm going, I'm 25. If it's a part of me, I want to learn how to use it to my advantage, not just let it hinder my life. And they're like, well, the medication works. Take the medication. I'm like, okay, there's other people out there in this world that are not about that. And they're going to tune out when you say that. So how do we help every single person? By finding every single option avenue to do so. That's not crazy, but they call it crazy. I'm like, damn. I'm like, oh man, you guys, everyone's stuck in their own train of like thinking for the longest time, which is crazy. But man, if we, we should start a country or a cult <laughs> and we make good morals. Me and my buddy have been talking about this. Um, we were talking about yesterday. Talking about, he was like, yeah, when I start my cult, I was like, I don't want to be the leader of that thing, but I'll be more than happy to help out. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't just get you more people. As long as you don't do anything violent. Once we start seeing stuff violent, I'm going to have to take you off the thing. Because no, no, no. The thing is, is that I would never let me get to the point of getting violent. I don't want to change anybody. I just want people to be able to live and let be. I'm like, that's perfect, but that's how it starts. So we got to talk about, play. Like, we need soundtrack music. First of all, we got to have the tunes. <laughs> it's hard to get like culty when you're having music playing sorry unless you're charles manson <laughs> oh my gosh no we I... also debate about manson as well too me and him um it's a big thing he, he's a he's a trainer at my work so we just he's gonna love it when he listens to this and hears that uh but what are your thoughts on manson um i mean i guess the question would be what's the debate is it was he this crazy person who orchestrated all this stuff or was he a government asset that was controlled and used for a purpose is that the debate or what what do you guys debate it's probably both just do you think that his history is correct i mean i I don't know if I'm educated enough to answer that question, like educated enough on the subject. Do you think he should have been incarcerated? I mean, I would say yes. Okay. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just don't agree under the terms he was incarcerated for. And that might be a blind spot for me. So what, what were those terms? They put a prosecutor on the defendant's team to sabotage the court case to make sure that he did go to jail. Oh, already okay. he committed so perjury, and I don't believe in that. This, despite, and look, I saw the interviews with Manson. Piece of shit, sure, but that does not mean you go to jail, you know. And the fact that the San Francisco police stood down when they had many opportunities to arrest him, but they were told on higher authority not to arrest Charles Manson. 
what were they waiting for? Well, the murders happened and then they arrest them. So you could have got him on prostitution charges, drug charges. Who was the higher authority? You know, where he was getting his drugs from was one of those Haight-Ashbury clinics in San Francisco, and that was run by the CIA. They were brothels that were created by the CIA to lure people in and give them LSD and test it on them. It's MKUltra. So it's like that's what I'm saying is like there's a lot of things in history you don't know. But if you can't even get to the argument, as soon as you start defending Manson, people pull back. And I go, that's the thing. It's like one of the biggest challenges in your mind morally should be one of the first things you want to learn about. Why do you feel this way? You know, and we can't get over that, but that's OK. Well, I think that there there's definitely. Right to due process. So, you know, that clearly was violated based on that. I think that, you know, you, you talk about is it somebody that you you think should have been locked up? Bill Cosby's a great example. I think he should still be rotting in jail. But guess what? They didn't follow procedures properly. His lawyers caught it and now he's out. So you, you have to you have to do things the right way. Although from a conspiracy theory perspective, an interesting thing. And I haven't looked into it. I'm not saying I I do believe it or don't believe it or whatever. I just find it fascinating. Uh, you know who they say Charles Manson became, right? Or they're saying it's the same person. You you know who I'm talking about, right? <laughs> George W. Bush. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. There's people here. that are out there saying that. Yeah. No. no. Do you uh, do you find, I think you're more conspiratorial every time we talk. I feel like you slowly dip into the realm a little. And I'm not doing that to you. I know I know I know you don't listen that much to the show to where I would be tempting you that much, but are you looking into it on your own accord now? I think it's it's not that I'm looking into it more. There's a, a couple things that I follow and that I listen to where these things come up. And I look at it more as entertainment. I, I wouldn't say I necessarily take it seriously, but I find it fascinating. That's all. That's the issue, like I said, with National Security Watch, I think is so important is because I don't think everything's a conspiracy. But the fact, like even with the JFK stuff, do I know if Oswald did or not? I'm not even going to say. But when it comes to getting the 100 percent of the facts, I think we've learned in the past 60 years that there's a lot more going on than just a lone crazy assassin dude and i think that's with like everything you start finding out documentation later whether there was an ops going on or whether there was something else going on i mean shit we just found out about the hillary clinton stuff and donald trump which i think a lot of people kind of knew already i mean there were briefings with hillary clinton for her they were saying we're, the secret service was meeting with her because they were like we're getting ready for the next president and then she lost so it's like you know you hear that type of shit i'm not a trumper at all i'm not defending them i'm just saying that there's like Whenever you hear someone's 100% a bad guy or 100% a good guy, I'm more suspicious of like, why are they, you know, PR teams, whatever you want to say. I just don't think there's always a bad side to someone. And to be honest, I would just prefer if people told me they didn't know things or prefer that they just were open and honest about their shit. You know, I think like we build too much on the, the identity thing, which is like, gives a fuck gonna be dead anyway you're gonna be six feet in the ground in the end <laughs> yeah no i i definitely i think that you know this is probably the most obvious statement ever but there's there's more than meets the eye 
with the majority of this stuff. I mean, I think that the fact that when you look at all these different media outlets, and it could be whether it's national or the funniest part is all these local news outlets. You could pull clips from just about every station across the country. People have done this. You've probably seen it where it's literally the same exact script that everybody's following. They're telling the story the same exact way. And when you see that things are in such lockstep like that, and then you see that that big media machine is all together against one person or one thing or one organization, to me, that sends up a red flag. Well, why? You know, maybe it's not what they want us to think. I, I just think that there's so much, there's so much that's done to skew in terms of these stories. The media skews so much. Um, frankly, it's a big part of why, even though I initially went to school for it, I didn't end up doing it because I just didn't like what I was seeing. But I, I don't know. I don't know if you agree with that or. I think journalism's dead. Um, I looked into journalism and the ethics behind it and talking with like Fox correspondents and CNN correspondents and them telling me that like obviously you can't report on a story that's going to mess with a business interest that's with that certain media outlet. So you're self-censoring people because it's like, okay, report on it. And then you lose your fucking job. And if you got a family, are you going to take that risk, you know, because it's the truth? And this dates back, I mean, this there's a historical record of media manipulation, um, such as the Vietnam girl, the napalm girl, the very famous photo of the naked uh, Vietnamese girl that's running down the street, the little child. And there's the soldiers in the back and she, her whole skin's just covered in napalm because she's just severely burned. Um, the original photo, there's a little guy off to the left of her, and that's a, a U.S. Army or soldier and he's just walking with his camera like not giving a shit that there's this little girl screaming and running through the street and they cropped her out or cropped him out and then posted the photo because they were like oh it looks insensitive the soldier looks like he's not caring about the girl look i don't at this point i'm pretty sure they're probably so numb to everything so there's there's like that's where the conspiracy stuff is oh they're manipulating everything i'm in some cases i'm sure but with the real rationale you can take from that is that like yes they were looking at a publicity thing they didn't want to air, air or what's the word aggravate people with this photo of the full thing and everyone getting him and then going after his family or anything so this is a, a smarter move to do which is like okay i accept that and then you got like robert kennedy when he got killed why did the magazine crop out the clip on tie that was on the floor Why'd you need to do that? And I guess like publicity wise, you know, reputation, um, didn't want to say, oh, he's wearing a clip on tie. It's, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that could be a good cover. Sure. But then it's like I said, it gets into the really conspiratorial stuff, which is like, if you look at media manipulation, the government's been involved in films since dating back to like the thirties, man, you know, the red scare propaganda film there's every country does it that's the that's the other side of it where it's like you get the both perspectives of it every single thing where someone goes you know this and this and this and this and this and this COINTELPRO is a good example the fbi you know COINTELPRO is right okay the fbi invaded like the black panther party and they would uh 
I'm, I'm only laughing because of how crazy it got. Um, they would try and insert radicals into the groups to have them get paranoid and start attacking each other. So it's basically dissembling a group that could be a threat, domestic terrorism. They did the same thing with the KKK. They did the same thing with a bunch of stuff. Now, most people know about the Black Panther Party and not the KKK stuff, but I actually read the 900-page file on it, and you start learning about like, okay, so they're just kind of like – and it's not ethically right. In a, in a right standpoint, it's not ethically right. You cannot predict that this group is going to do bad things. So you bring in people to make them start doing bad things. You force them to start doing bad things. Same thing happens at some agent provocateurs, college campuses, all the riots and protests that happened at Kent University, all peaceful protests that were a bunch of college students sitting in the middle of the road protesting a war. And the people from I've spoken to who interviewed people that were there at the Kent University riots and protests talked about that the people that ended up throwing bricks were dressed like college kids were undercover cops. Why do you do that? Well, because you can't stop a peaceful protest, especially if it's disrupting traffic or anything like that. You can't do anything until it gets violent. So that's what they did. They inserted somebody in there and did that. So that still happens today, I'm sure, in many cases. The Black uh, Lives Matter movement um, had a person that was with an umbrella smashing store windows. I could have been, why was he doing that for no apparent reason? He wasn't taking anything, just smashing windows with a hammer. So that could be possible ones. And then like the FBI, I think, just got exposed for the number of informants that they spent over the past couple of years of what they were trying to do. So that's COINTELPRO. Now, COINTELPRO like was sending letters to the Black Panther Party leaders' wives and saying that your husbands are sleeping around with teenage kids. That's what they did. And I have the documents on that. So like once you learn it from like a government standpoint, you see a problem that's going to affect your way that you're running things. It could be a problem down the line. So you're trying to stop it. Makes sense. But at the same time, you don't have the power or right to be able to predict that someone's going to do something like that. It's like Tom Cruise in that one movie. So it's like the double-edged sword of that, which is like really important for people to understand. But depending on what your politics are, depending on how close you are, if you're a patriot of the government or if you're more susceptible or more likely to point out corruption in it and be critical like I am, and you're probably going to pick a side. So it's about finding having that balance, that good old balance, a little sea salt and pepper, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely um, more than we're even aware of. I think there's definitely folks who are, whether they're FBI or they're with some agency uh, that are involved in a lot of the things that we see on the news or or what have you um I, I i don't know i think that i think that if it helps push whatever agenda needs to be pushed then they do it so deep state bro I'm telling you it's real yeah hey people I, laugh I at it but I have enough evidence to support those claims, man. The church committee is the best example. Damn, if that didn't scare the hell. You ever read the church committee? Oh, you got to, man. Heart attack gun, everything's exposed in that thing. You're like, what is this? What is going on? What is our CIA up to? Good Lord. Their uh, invasion on academic campus is probably the most interesting one. So those, all those, um, what Lee Harvey Oswald was a part of was um, the Fair Play for Cuba Committee. They had more informants in the Fair Play for Cuba Committee, the Fair Play for Vietnam. Most of those were government agents that were involved in those programs. They were trying to find communists. <laughs> trying, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's the dumb shit. 
where it's like Oklahoma City bomber. That's he's an MK Ultra person. They talk about Ted Kaczynski. That's what I exposed before Tucker Carlson said it, and he said it on air, and I was like, "You're trash bag." <laughs> That's another one that um, was it. Ted Kaczynski? No. Um, Timothy McVeigh is the Oklahoma. You're thinking of McVeigh Kaczynski was the Unabomber. Yeah, but but there was something I saw, and again. I haven't researched it. I don't know it to be fact, but it was saying basically that McVeigh was a plan. He's not dead. He's now under this name. He's somebody else. And Why like, would they keep pictures. him alive? Why? Well, Why would they keep it, somebody alive with all those government secrets in his head of a plan type thing? That's getting into too much of Alex Jones territory. You can't talk about that type of stuff, man. Uh, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. But there's lots of theories out there like that. And again, I find it to be entertaining and fascinating. That's why I like the like some of the like some of the theories are nuts. Um, like Jack Ruby didn't shoot Oswald. What? Um, but there is a reasonable skepticism you can have. The issue is, is that now the word conspiracies and misinformation, disinformation, they're all being chalked up onto things that people either don't know, which makes it so you don't seem like an idiot when it's just denial, which sucks, but I don't know. I'm about done with all of the social media and the internet stuff. I'm tired of being on it. I had TikTok and I used that for a little bit of time and then still using it, I think. You know, it's funny. I had a um, a client I was trying to set a meeting with, and I sent him a Zoom link. Most of my meetings are over Zoom. And I go to have the meeting. Like, I, I sent him the link, and it was maybe like a week later we had the meeting. I go into the Zoom. I've got my button-down shirt on. I've got my jacket on. I'm sitting here like I'm ready to go. He pops into the meeting. And he had dialed in by phone. And I'm like, um, okay. He's like, yeah, I don't do any of this stuff. He's like, I don't, I don't do these. I don't put these programs on my computer. I don't trust it. It's all China. I don't trust it. And I'm like, okay, buddy. Well, we got to figure something out because I was going to share my screen with you and show you things. And I can't do that if you're just talking on the phone. So. Like, what are we going to do? But um, he was paranoid. Like, I, I, I would describe it as paranoid. It was to the point where, like, won't do anything. Maybe it's reasonable from an experience he had. Maybe. I mean, maybe we're all the fools for using all this stuff. No, I think you just got to accept the devil's bargain, man. Life is filled with devil's bargains. You accept the risk. I mean, you take a risk when you drive your car. So. True. You know, it's just like we don't think of those as risks, but as much as you think of certain things on a trip going bad, certain people think about that on other things. I was very susceptible to not using TikTok because of the Chinese type stuff. And I was like, damn, my dream would really come true if I really get on that app. But then I'm having good success on it. And I'm only good in good sound bites, man, like smart little chunks. Um, and that's where I thrive. And uh, so like th that's a good app for me, of course. But then also at the same time, like accepting risk, accepting data, accepting compromise, accepting all this type of stuff. That's a really big issue. It's like I understood when YouTube flagged a video of mine recently for um, 
uh, a bad link in a thing because they were trying to protect people. I understand that, but they just weren't their their process isn't correct. They don't review things correctly. They don't, you know, a, a appeal can be submitted and they don't even look at it because they get probably millions a day. So they just have a team that signs off on it. A person has to meet their quota, but that's also like that's a serious problem, but not as serious as how our healthcare system does the same shit to people where they just see a profile and a file and they just stamp yes or no and then fly, fly it over. That, well, that person could need a schizophrenia medication. And now you're just denying them the possibility of being able to function and process and be able to live in society. And they have to live with these types of issues and they could hurt themselves. So like, you need to treat like everything from like a really small problem to an extremely big problem with the same amount of care. Now you need to worry at different levels, but you need to treat it with the same process how you would normally do just because it's a light stuff compared to a hard stuff that doesn't, that those don't jive. You should treat them effort. It should be the same. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Is that a vase or an urn behind you? Uh, it's not an urn. I have a feeling you were going to ask me about that. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's made of some kind of stone. Break it on air. Um. Oh shit, that's close. I thought it was like really far away. <laughs> it, it's actually from. I don't know if the actual stone came from there or not. The Grand but I Canyon. It, I no. There's a place in Pennsylvania called Saturn. Crystal Cave. Oh. No, Crystal Crystal Cave. <laughs> And there's, I have two, there's another one. You can't really see it. It's on the other side of this uh, piece of furniture, but I have one Break that's it on air. large and one that's small, but it was actually good because for Halloween, a couple of years ago, my buddy decided he was going to be Paul Bearer. So he used this as the urn, you know, Paul Bearer undertaker. Oh no. yeah, yeah. 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 I thought, I think I thought of carrying a coffin. Well, yeah, this is a little easier than carrying a coffin. You have to do it, though. That's the tradition. One guy carrying an urn? Come on. That's what he did. You, you've Cremate seen me after you carry my coffin. I want to make you fucking work for it. <laughs> you know I'm talking about wrestling, right? Wrestling? Yeah. The Undertaker? Oh. His manager, Paul Bearer, carried an urn. Oh, shit yeah that's cute that would be really morbid if he was just like yeah i'm gonna be somebody carrying a coffin for halloween <laughs> i wasn't talking about halloween i was just talking about like actual funeral well but i was saying my buddy was paul bearer for for halloween that would be weird if he was just a paul bearer for halloween like how yeah. morbid is that yeah but the coffin is where you keep your candy that's a good idea for halloween You'd have to have like a small coffin to carry. And that'd be it. hollowed out, obviously. You don't use it. Well, hollowed out and smaller coffin. than. You could just paint yeah, a cardboard would, box if you wanted. It wouldn't be to scale. Yeah. But if you use a real coffin, you got a bunch of friends to do it with you, and then that's how you guys collected candy. Toss it in the coffin, and then they open up the thing to toss in the candy, and it's just a guy in there. <laughs> you guys are really going all out this year. Next, hey, next street, I sit in the coffin. <laughs> Oh my god! I wonder if anybody's ever done that. It's actually not a bad idea. That's what I'm saying. Huh. Someone's gonna steal it. Damn it! Probably, probably. 
you put it out there for everybody to hear. So that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> I um what's one thing you'd like to accomplish in the next year? It's a dumb question, but it's all I got right now. One thing I'd like to accomplish in learn the next about, year. do anything. Wow. Um we don't have time for my second dream. So we don't? It's almost noon. Oh my gosh. We that went by your... quick. That's why I told you. We can't do your second dream in 19 minutes. Should have got on early. Uh, man. The second one's more intense and I might get arrested for it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Right. We'll say it. We'll say it. Okay. So it deals with a celebrity, Nick Swartzen. All right. So <laughs> this was my dream. It's not anything against Nick. I like Nick. I think he's a good comic. Um, But I was having a dream that I was on like a vacation. Like we took a plane and everything and we got to this beach. Now this beach. I mean, it was nice, and we're all, like, hanging out and everything. So we're, we're, we're hanging out by the water. We're having, like, a barbecue-type deal, and then everyone decides to go swimming. So we go into, like, the water and everything, and we're having a barbecue, and we start seeing fish. And then everyone's like, we got to catch some fish. So we're, like, try, everyone's trying to, like, grab, like, a rock or a stick and try and get a fish, and it's not working. It's just fun. And uh, there's, like, six other people. It's me, and the only one I know is Nick. And there's, like, two girls, and then there's, like, the rest of the guys. And um, so it's just a bunch of friends. Apparently, the backstory is we all went to college together or some crap like that. Um, I don't think it was actually Nick, though. It just looked like him. Like, it was him, like, face-wise, but it's, that's not the name for him in the dream. So Was then Jennifer all, Aniston there? Adam Sandler? I wish Jennifer Aniston was there. That dream would have went a way different direction. Um, but we were swimming in the water and, like, trying to catch these fish. And then all you see is, like, someone just screams, holy shit sea lion and i was like what and i don't know where we were but they were like those sea lions and they're like not huge like in the movie happy feet but they're like like normal size sea lions and they started attacking us like biting like have you ever been bit by a ferret before <laughs> no damn it uh my buddy had a ferret and um he would let it run around his house and it would just bite at your feet and it dude it's like a small chihuahua or a small dog with really sharp teeth that would bite you where it doesn't hurt but you take notice and it was just like you couldn't walk around his house barefoot because this, this little ferret would just come out and just bite this shit out of your feet and i'm like damn put that thing on a leash homie um <laughs> <laughs> put some bells on that shit <laughs> um, so <laughs> So, uh, so the sea lions, they like would bite and they would take chunks of you. Like, I mean, half of your arm, all that type of stuff. So then like one, like, like I just look and in my dream, all I see is this mouth just grow like that at like, if it was coming at the camera and I stick my hand up and it bites me in the arm and it's moving at such a speed that it throws me basically out of the water and goes with me. Like it goes and darts into me and I fly out of the water with the thing still on my arm. And now the tide's going back in. So the tide is now like, and it, it goes from high tide to low tide, like nothing. Like it all starts receding real quick. So when everybody's like swimming, trying to get out of the water, all the sea lions are like attacking people. And then sharks come, dude. Sharks come after the sea lions. And like, as like, I'm like on the beach, like screaming, like just trying to get everybody out of the water, like all that, the, 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 tide has already receded back so far like literally right where i'm standing i'm now like oh like 50 yards away from where the water was i was like it didn't throw me out that far just the tide had just receded so fast and um as like one of them's getting out of like everyone's getting out of the water the sea lion gets eaten by a shark and the shark was moving at such a speed it went all the way out of the water and rolled onto 
the like the beach on the sand now. So now the tide is receded 100 yards back. Everyone's out of the water, and the shark is 50 yards away from the water, like a football field, like half a football field. So now the shark is sitting there, and the shark dies because um, it just can't breathe on land, obviously. That would have been a better dream, too. Um, and uh, so they were all everyone's quiet, like, what the fuck? Everyone's like kind of like bleeding, I'm bleeding. And um, Nick, the guy who plays Nick or whoever, goes over to the shark and it gets dead, like pen drop silence. And you just see the shark's stomach going, like moving up and down side to side. And it's the fucking sea lion is still in the shark's stomach alive and just like thrashing and trying to get out of the shark. And the shark is fucking huge, dude, like a great white size thing, like a size of a car. And everyone's quiet. And you just see Nick walk across the sand. And with like a knife, like a giant butcher's knife, and he just stabs it into the shark and then cuts down. And as he's cutting down, this is the scary shit. As he's cutting down, the thing bites his arm, the sea lion, and rips, I mean, from his skin, rips all of this to where you could see his rib cage and everything, his whole chest skin, all that just came off. And he's like screaming like, ah, ah, ah. And then we just looked at him and he like looked at us and he's like, I mean, screaming. And then just falls back and everything just, and the sea lion, um, you know, someone stabbed it in the head or something. And then that was the end of the fucking dream. And I immediately told someone at work about this. And I was like, check his vacation schedule, wherever he's traveling to, we're on his tour, anything like that. And warn his ass. We got to warn him. <laughs> and I, I think, I, I think that dream it felt it was a lot longer. There was a, a little bit before that, like traveling and all that it took a long time to get to the island. And then we got a hotel and we had to deal with all that process and bullshit. But that was the main like climactic part that ended the dream. And uh yeah, I was asleep probably like 30 minutes. And the dream had to be like it felt like a day. Wow. Fucking intense, right? Uh, yeah. I'm sweating thinking about it again. I Fuck. And you know that's real. That's a real dream because I could not create that in that time that it was for me to tell you that story. That's how fucking intense I had that dream. It's I had that four months ago. I think I messaged you about that dream. I even sent you a picture of a sea lion. Remember? Do, I sent you a you, gif of yeah. a sea lion. So do you do you write these things down or you just go from memory? Oh, you gotta write them down. I, I keep a dream log. Look, you my memory is pretty down. good. If you gave me a list of guests I've talked to and filled like with five, let's say all the guests I've talked to and then double that with guests I haven't talked to, just random names, I could underline and highlight every guest I had on the show. See, my problem, when I first wake up, I'll remember the dream. Six hours later, it's completely gone. Completely gone. I don't remember it anymore. So... As no, soon I as I that wake up, I fucking, if I, if I, <laughs> that's ingrained in my head as much as the CCP one is. I'm sure it is, but I'm saying like even ones that are like really weird or seem like they should stick, they don't. Like as soon as I wake up, I've got to go and take notes or I lose it. I'll just have to make sure when I post this, that's I reach out the dream analysts when I t do post this episode. So at least they can like, I'd like skip 50 minutes into where I get to my dreams. <laughs> and uh you know let me know what you think um hopefully there'll be potential guests but hopefully that's fun for someone out there i don't want to I mean, come off like i just made this episode about me but 
I think it's fascinating. I mean, we've talked about this many times. That's why you always talk about your dreams when we get together here. But I think dreams are fascinating. So if you like, that's the other thing. Other than when somebody said to you, oh, well, you have to have big names for people to, to listen to the show. I don't think it's just about big names. I think if it's a topic that gets somebody's you know, interest, grabs their interest, they'll listen. Now, obviously, that's going to be different for different people. But, you know, it doesn't always have to be some big name person either. If it did, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> You're a big name. Oh, yeah. You're a returning guest. And look at all the ones I've had that are big names so far. So that means you're special. <laughs> Listen, as long as I'm up there with Bobby, you know, on that list yeah. with Bobby, that's all right. You guys are my favorite. <laughs> I got a couple more in there, but I, like Mark, I haven't spoken to in like, oh God, two years now. He was the first episode when I returned back, but Mark's busy all the time. Jason hasn't been on in a while. Kelly's been on way too much. I told him you need to take a break. Um. Kelly knows I love them, but it's just like we I mean you need some time to develop some thoughts and some things. You can't just like if I did one one a week with somebody, it would just be difficult to try and think of stuff to talk to. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's fun for me. I do too many serious ones. I gotta have the funny ones. We gotta just have, be able to talk and joke around and stuff like that before all the you know, you can only deal with so much government stuff before you start going, damn, I don't even have kids. Just don't even it's not a good idea. Not a financial investment in this market right now. Everything's on a decline. <laughs> it's always what you hear. Yeah, right, right. Too funny. You got anything else, Matt, or that it? I usually go so. longer. I'm sorry. I, I, no, I think the, uh, is that what you always tell people? <laughs> what? What? Oh, no. Usually go longer. You're sorry. No, I'm just no. kidding. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that to. could be a that, double entendre. That was a softball. You lobbed it up there. I had to hit it out of the park. That's what she said. That's right. Oh God. Why? Speechless? Why? <laughs> not speechless, just fucking <laughs> not professional at all. Eh, like you said, you gotta have fun with it. Where can people find you, Matt? You got any links to promote or you just want to give some good advice? Oh, good advice. I don't know. I mean, what could I give advice on other than don't give up? Don't go anywhere Just where there's sea lions. <laughs> yeah, right. Avoid the sea lions and don't Fuck vacation. Fiji. <laughs> don't, don't vacation with Nick Swartzen either. <laughs> God. Yeah. I don't know. That's something for me. It's like, I'm never going to unlive that or unthink about that. I had to be watching that movie, that Missy movie. That's with Adam Sandler and David Spade or something. See, the first thing I thought of was, um, what's the name of the movie? Just go with it. Where Nick Swardson, he's like faking this uh, accent and everything. And it's it's him and Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. and Isn't it just go with it? I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know. Uh, it was a decent movie. I mean, not decent enough that I remember everything about it, but. Sorry. <laughs> just decent enough and that's what we strive for here at out of the blank podcast and thanks everybody for listening to this episode stay tuned for our next one or listen to this one again if you want <laughs>